I want to continue our series, Unshakable, where we've been studying God's Word to help us uh, make unshakable decisions in life. Uh, remember in the beginning we talked about unshakable kingdom, unshakable foundations. I liked unshakable revelation. Uh, I like that walking in the Word of God. I like the only way we get anything is through revelation. Powerful series. And today I want to continue with unshakable decisions, unshakable decisions. So as a pastor, I get asked this question more than any other, what is God's will for my life? The number one question, people come to me, what's God's plan and purpose for my life? As a parent, it's probably the biggest question that I ask, what is God's will for my kids, have a photo of my family. Uh, I do have a few of them. Uh, I've got five kids, as my wife Bonnie, my beautiful princess Abby, 21, and then four boys. Uh, the boys are single. I do believe in arranged marriages. Uh, I do. I'm looking, I'm looking for some future daughter-in-laws. Uh, the only dowry you need to bring to the table is a passion and a love for Jesus Christ. So I believe in arranged marriages. <laughs> they would die if they heard me. Um, and, and funny, they look like they're perfect, right? The hair and the wind, that's just up the road from where I live. I just live next to the beach in uh, northern New South Wales. And uh, beautiful lifestyle we have, but we are far from perfect. Uh, we are not the royal family. Uh, before and after, there was fighting and punching and burping and farting. It was all on, sand flying. Uh, my poor wife, how she leads those four boys, i got no idea. So I asked that question for that. What's God's will? That may be the most important thing I do on planet Earth is leading my children, is finding their purpose, their destiny, encouraging them, directing them. This is a big question today. You see, everyone ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. We all wake up and we end up somewhere, right? But few of us end up somewhere on purpose. It's estimated we make 35,000 decisions a day, conscious decisions. That's like a billion in a lifetime. Well, why does that matter? Because the decisions you make will determine the life you live. Your decisions will path the way for your future. Decisions matter. I found discovering God's will is found in making the right decisions in which, which doors God opens and which doors God closes. Today, as we study God's Word on decisions, we're going to frame it around doors that God wants you to walk through. Doors could be an opportunity. Uh, doors could be uh, something different. Uh, doors could be something new. We're going to study God's Word and say, how do I walk through the doors? Maybe in front of me, and I don't even know it. But behind that door is a whole nother world of blessing, of promises, of destiny. An open door is the great adventure of life because it means the possibility of being used by God. I think today, and I believe this, some people will decide in their heart to step through some doors of opportunity that are in their life 
Maybe you haven't even seen it. Maybe you've been scared to knock on it. Maybe you've been hesitant to open it. But today I believe the Holy Spirit is going to encourage you to go through a new door. I, I, I actually feel this is a prophetic message for our church. That, that there is a breakthrough. That there is something stirring. You, you hear about the prayer requests and the breakthrough of jobs and the healings. You, you, you hear about the, the attendance growing. You, you hear about the giving. You hear about new people. There is something stirring. And I believe the beginning is, is, is actually to break through to something greater and higher. And, and there is a new door that God is presenting to Citygate. And the question we're going to seek and ask is, are we willing to leave the comfort and the familiar to go into the unknown of the future? So let's have a look at God's Word today. Uh, Hebrews 12, verse 2. The Bible says, let us fix our eyes on what? On Jesus. Say it again. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Jesus is the one we always fix our eyes upon. Interesting, the Greek word for fixing your eyes is much fuller than we find in the English language. It doesn't mean to just look. It means to turn away. So there is this concept when we pursue Jesus that we're not just looking towards Him, but we're looking away from those things that would distract us from Him. So the foundation for us as we study God's Word to make the right decisions is first and foremost, we always need to have our eyes fixed on Christ, not on everything else. Some of you... You're going to fix your eyes on Christ today and walk through a door for the first time and surrender your life to Jesus Christ. And you know it. <laughs> and you need to. And it's time. For me at 15, I was lost and hurting, just a rebellious kid, didn't grow up in church, parents were divorced. And someone invited me to church. I was surfing. A guy paddled over and said, you want to come to church? I said, no chance. <laughs> That's boring. He said, no, no, there's girls there. I said, are they good looking? He says, yes. I said, I'm in. So I went to church. And that very first time in church, I fixed my eyes on Christ. He saved me. He forgave me. I didn't know him before that moment. The door opened, I walked through, and I've been pursuing Christ ever since. I, 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 he, he's my everything. And some of you are going to walk through that door today, that you're going to be saved, you're going to be changed by trusting and believing in him. We can only run the race when we look to Jesus, when we have our eyes locked on Him. He's our focus. He's our inspiration. He's our example. Are your eyes fixed on Jesus today? Or are your eyes fixed on the bully at work that harasses you? The anxiety from a medical report that caught you off guard? Uh, are your eyes fixed on the, the bank balance that shouldn't be where it sh could be? Uh, are your eyes fixed on the pressure 
in a relationship that's dysfunctional. Where are your eyes fixed? A good note of where your eyes are fixed is where your thoughts are. What are you thinking about is typically what you're looking at. The foundation is always Christ. Fix your eyes upon Christ. Three thoughts on deciding which doors to walk through. Three, three thoughts on deciding on open doors. Number one, doors are about calling, not comfort. Doors are about calling, not comfort. Genesis 12 Verse 1, the context is 4,000 years ago, the father of our faith, Father Abraham, known as Abram at this moment, was faced with an open door. We're going to study the story of Abraham. We're going to see ourselves in this story and we're going to see there's some doors that we all need to walk through after today. You ready? Genesis 12 verse 1, the Lord said to Abram, leave your country your people and your father's household, and what? And go, say that with me, and go to the land I will show you. I'm not talking physically going. I'm talking spiritually going today. Uh, to leave home in a place where Abraham grew up, he left everything he knew, the comforts, the familiarities, the relationships. He left all that to go towards the unknown, the uncertainty. To step towards your destiny, you have to step away from your security. Research shows that this generation will change their jobs 29 times. 29 times. Uh, the... the Oxford Research predicts that over half of the current jobs in the next 20 years will be replaced in some way uh, or form or fashion due to technology. Uh, to walk through a door means change. It means leaving the comfort of the known, what's familiar, um, and, and, and doing often what's hard because change isn't easy. Some of you, you hate change. Some of you love to do everything the same. Some of you have the same coffee every day from the same barista. Some of you drive to work. You catch the same train. You, you, you go the same way. You have the same lunch. Uh, some of you use the same doctor. You go to the same petrol station. You use the same hairdresser. Some of you sit in the same seat. On, who sits in the same seat? All right, let's go another level. Let's be honest. Can we be honest today? Who gets annoyed when someone else is sitting in your seat? Who is this person? That's my seat. I've been sitting there for years. Don't they know that's my seat? Come on. We get comfortable with the familiar. They might be unsaved and lost and hurting and the Holy Spirit's been working 20 years on their life to get them here, but they're in my seat. <laughs> Look, I want people saved. Just get them to sit somewhere else, right? <laughs> Look, doing the same thing is fine as long as it doesn't stop us from allowing the Holy Spirit to do something new and fresh in our lives. 
Why do we walk through doors? Because on the other side, there is great blessing. Let's continue on with this great story in verse 2. I will make you, here's the promise to Abraham, into a great nation, I'll bless you. We all want this prayer for our lives and our children and the next generation. I will make your name great and you'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll, I'll curse those who curse you. And all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left. He left as the Lord had told him to. Could you imagine if he didn't go? He's Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the father of our faith, right? What if he didn't go? <laughs> what if he said, uh-uh, no way, I'm not going? Interesting, isn't it? What, 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 what would it look like? We are descendants of, of, of that great decision to go, a decision of faith that, that set into motion uh, generations that would follow the Christ as, as the lineage of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob brought Jesus into planet earth. The, 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 the son of a, the living God who died on the cross and rose again so we could be grafted into his family. What if, what if he didn't go? What if you don't go? What's on the other side of that decision? What, what about your kids? Well, I'm, I'm not talking geographically going. I'm talking going in obedience to what God is calling you to do. Could be giving. Could be serving. Could be inviting someone to church. It could be making a greater effort with your kids. It could be pouring into your spouse. I don't know. What is, the, what is God stirring you to do? And what is on the other side of the going? For me, I, I never thought I'd be a pastor. No chance. Never. I was a builder. At 35 years of age, minding my own business, just, just happily going through life. Life was good, family was good, finances were good, everything was good. Until God presented a door. I wasn't even looking for this door. The church was expanding. It was building another location. I offered my services as a builder to give some finances and help project manage. And they said, no, we don't want you to build the building. We want you to build the people. Build the people? What does that mean? How do you build people? Because we don't want you to give money. We want you to be a pastor. A pastor? Was that a plaster? I'll get a plaster in. I got some contractors. I, I've, I've got a good plastering crew there. No, 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 no. A pastor, well, with spaghetti, fettuccine, well, I'm not a chef. No, 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 a pastor well, where you take care of people. But I don't like people. You know, I don't, well, you go. And so this was very difficult for me. I wasn't looking for this door. And so for 18 months, I kicked and screamed and said no. And I'm here today because I walked through a door. What's on the other side of your obedience? What, what, what? Maybe it's not being a pastor today. Maybe it's taking that promotion. Maybe it's doing extra study. Maybe it's getting involved in our kids' church. You know, this kids' activity that we've got going on, where we open to the community to bring kids in. Maybe that's a door for some of you. 
I don't really like kids, but, but I like the, the gospel and, and, and maybe I need to talk to Vanessa and I need to get involved and maybe I can bring some lollies or candy or maybe I can do, you know, help out or bring some cupcakes. What's the open door? There's open doors everywhere. Are you looking for the open door? Maybe for you it's to lead a life group. Uh, maybe it's to write a book, pray for someone. You, you know that, you know when you're talking to someone during the week, you're on the train or you're at the office and you just, you get that prompting uh, to pray for them because they're complaining or they're sick or they're, and, and you just, you, know, you, you walk away from that prompting. Maybe that's the open door. Maybe you need to make a text today to someone who's been isolated, who there's some dysfunction, there's some hurt. Today's the day to reach out with, un, with forgiveness and forgive them. What's the door in front of you today? Doors come in many different forms. What door do you walk through? Because open doors aren't about comfort. They're about calling. Number two, doors mean you are stepping into something new, into something new. Often an open door is to another room that begins from a sense of discontentment in the room you're in. I wonder if Abraham was a little discontented with where he was living. I wonder sometimes God uses the discontentment in our hearts to pursue something new. God called Abraham actually out of this city called Ur, of the Chaldeans, which is the modern day Iraq, which was really a super city of idolatry. Uh, the ancient city of Ur was devoted to worshipping the moon god uh, Neymar. And this is 2000 BC. Ur was probably the largest city in the world at the time. Uh, it was a super city where all the trading from the Mediterranean, there was great wealth and education, there was idols. And we see in Joshua... 24 verse 2, that Joshua said to the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, long ago, long ago, your ancestors, he's talking about Abraham, this decision to go, your, your ancestors, including Terah, which is the father of Abraham, and Naor, they lived beyond the Euphrates River and they worshipped other gods. God wasn't trying just to get Abraham to a new door. He was trying to get him out of an old door. He wasn't just trying to take him to the promised land. He was trying to take him out of the dysfunction of Ur. And, and for you, when you step into a new door, the power is you're stepping away from the old. The fears, the anxieties, the, the worries, the, 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 the dis, you know, dysfunction that you might be in. It's stepping away so you can step into the new. See, often we live in Ur. We're trying to get wealthy Ur. Pretty Ur. Smart Ur. You like that? Popular. And so we live in Ur and we make all these idols our work and money and fame and popularity. And we don't realize that these idols we set up take the place 
of Christ being number one in our lives. So Abraham couldn't take Ur with him. So he had to leave Ur to step towards where he was going. So going through a new door, this is what I love about it, it's a fresh start. It's leaving behind the old. It's stepping into something new. Um, it's, it's leaving the old ways. It's leaving the gossiping or the lying or the, the party people that pull you down on the, the Friday night. It's leaving behind and making decisions. That's what we're looking about today. Uh, unshakable decisions that put Christ first in our life. It's interesting that where he was heading to, he didn't know at the time. Ultimately, he went to Canaan which means to be humbled, subdued, brought into subjection. So there was this idolatry in Ur where they were worshipping these false gods. And when he stepped into this new door, there was this submission, this humility, this surrender that take place. When we go into a new door, there is a surrender. There is a submission that we want to do. Um, I... When I made that decision to be a pastor, what initiated the first email that I sent to the church to help them build the new building was I was kind of just bored, honestly. You know, life was okay. I was just bored. I I knew there was more. Have you ever had that feeling? God, what am I on earth for? God, there must be something more. There's almost a discontented that God sets you up in a healthy way to believe what's more. Maybe you're discontented. You're not satisfied. You know there's more in your life. There's more for your family. There's more for your kids. There's more you have to offer. I bet Abraham was thinking this, that there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more that God has called me to do. There's got to be a bigger future, greater promises. And it's sometimes a discontentment that God leads us through. Maybe that's you today. Maybe there's a discontentment. The marriage is okay, but it's ah, it's just ho-hum. Maybe there's an open door where you need to invest and focus and intentionally make decisions to see that marriage come alive again. Well, where's the discontentment in your life? Think about it. You're discontented with your, with, with your work. Are you discontented with your job? Are you discontented? Uh, what do you need to allow the discontentment to drive you towards? Some of you, I'm going to challenge you a little bit because your pastor said I could because everything's on the table. Some of you are a bit in autopilot. Some of you need to leave the TV and start studying God's Word. Leave the screens and talk to your kids. Leave the old friends who pull you down and join a life group. Leave living in debt and start paying some stuff off. Leave your dead-end job and start to study. Uh, Leave the single life and ask her out. (laughs) Come on, men. Born to be single. Take a shower, get some confidence, get some breath mints, ask her out. Enjoy the pain of the discontented. I think the problem with that is with four boys, we're making it too easy and they keep living at home. Uh, We need to make them a bit more discontented and kick them out. Uh, So that forces them to make some decisions, get a job, get a date, just, just saying. So it's discontented that often 
forces us to that new door. Open doors are about callings, not comfort. Open doors mean stepping into something new. And the final thought today is open doors require faith, not fear. Why don't we go? Why don't we invite that person to church? Why don't we tell the boss what we think? Why don't we step out? Often it's fear, fear of failure, fear of losing, fear of ridicule, fear of getting it wrong. If he, uh, Hebrews 8, uh, sorry, Hebrews 11, 8, by, by what? By faith, by faith. Abraham, when called to go to the place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. You ready? Even though he didn't know where he was going. He didn't know. There was this faith that he stepped out so often. We want to know. We want to know the future. We want to know what's going to happen. We want to know the details. We want to know all the steps. We want to know. But doors require faith, not fear. It takes faith to please our God. Your story, your life, your decisions will be determined by either faith or fear. Your decisions, think about this, will be determined by either faith or fear. Faith will help you decide to go. Fear will keep you and make you stay. So Abraham will continue on, departed as the Lord had instructed and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old. It's never too old to go through a new door. Praise the Lord. Uh, Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran and he took his wife, Sarah, and his nephew, Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock and all the people he had taken uh, into his household at Haran. And he headed for the land of Canaan. Abraham left the city of Ur with his dad. You might not know this, but he didn't go straight to the promised land. He stopped half time, time out. He, he, he waited. He stopped at Haran. Then later continued on to Canaan without his dad. Abraham didn't have enough faith to finish immediately. He just had enough faith to start. Let that sink in. You don't need the faith to finish. You just need the faith to start. And sometimes we don't think I've got the faith or the ability. I'm insecure. I'm inadequate. I'm inexperienced. I don't know. God's not asking you to have the faith to finish. He just wants you to have the faith to take the next step to get started. Why did he stop with his dad? The Bible doesn't say, but sometimes we gain meaning in Scripture when we study the words and the meaning of those words. So the name Terah, which is his dad's name, means delay. The name Haran means parched or barren. Abraham's father delayed, which brought barrenness. It was his father's delay that prevented him from going to the promised land. And Abraham didn't have the faith to go all the way to the promised land immediately. He stopped. 
but he had enough faith to start. And there is a danger for all of us when we don't have the faith to follow God's plan for our life. But God is just asking us to have enough faith to start. Have enough faith to start. Have enough faith to send the email. Have enough faith to to send a text. Have enough faith to, to make a call. Have enough faith to ask for help. Have enough faith to offer your services. Have enough faith to be engaged and involved. Have enough faith just to start. When I began pastoring, I had no idea what I was getting into. And God's kind of a bit strange in that way. He doesn't tell us all because if he did, if he did we wouldn't do any of it, right? He's kind of smart, God. He knows what's to come and so he only tells us a little bit. And so for me, being a builder, then having to learn to pastor was like two different worlds. Had I known everything that it entailed, I probably would have said, forget it. No chance. But God leads us step by step. He he just shines enough in front of us. The problem is we want to know the whole story before we start, but, but God's not revealing the whole story. He's revealing one step that you need to take. God's will isn't always a destination. It's a conviction. It's not a place. It's a heart posture. It's, It's a willingness and a decision to say, okay, God, I'll step into that thing that you want me to do. A good way to test the door is to ask yourself, Will this bring me closer to God or further away? I'm going to challenge you. Can I I challenge you? You know, church is booming and I need to bring people and I need to invite someone. It's difficult. It's hard. What if they say no? Is that going to draw you closer to God or further away from God when you reach out to someone to see them saved? Closer to God. If God is leading you to give financially, to to sow in, is that going to lead you closer to God? Or it might be the devil telling me to give. You know, no, no, no. If it draws you closer to God, it's probably God, right? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but I, I think I should start, you know, studying some scripture online. Is that going to draw you closer to God? Or if it draws you closer to God then it's got to be God's plan and destination. And the good news is God leads and directs. We just have to be willing to make that first step. If you date this guy or this girl, will it draw you closer to God? If you take that job, will it help your relationship with God or hurt it? If you go on that mission trip, will it draw you closer to God or further away? The decisions we make should draw us closer to Him. God's primary will for your life isn't the achievements you accrue, it's the the person you become. As the musicians come and we seek God and allow Him to direct us, in unshakable decisions. I'm going to close with the scripture that we opened with, Hebrews 12.2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. That's the foundation, right? We remember that? The next part of the verse says, the author and perfecter of our faith. 
God is the author of our life. He knows our life. He knows our future. The author creates the story, does it not? The author writes the script, does it not? The author knows the end from the beginning, do they not? God knows your life. He's the one who has the plan. He's the one we should submit to and trust. We have a big control issue. For many of us, it started back in the Garden of Eden where they, Adam and Eve really wondered, could they trust God? It's a trust issue. God is a good God. He has a great plan for your life. Uh, he has a great promises for you. Are you willing to step through a door that God is presenting? That decision will change your eternity and others. I thank God for Abraham. Come on, can we give it up for Abraham? Uh, you're, you're, Abraham's the man. Abraham, uh, one day we're going to see him and say, because of you, buddy. Abraham went when it was easier to stay. I want people to say that about you and about me. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. We've got some great doors as a church. There is a breakthrough. There is a growth. But it's going to require more of your people, God, more faith, more prayer, more worship, more, more reading your word, more inviting people, more sharing our faith, more giving our talents, more giving our finances, uh, more giving our time. There is an open door for every one of us at CityGate. I pray we would have the boldness to step through in whatever area we can do. I pray for every person that has a door that's in front of them. Give them the courage. Give them the strength. Let them know, God, that we as a church believe in them. We're cheering them on. We're like mums and, 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 and dads, spiritual mums and dads cheering you on. You can do it. We believe in you. There's gold in you. Father, I pray that you would let us know how much you love and care about us. Don't quit on us, God, but be relentless in your pursuit of us. Holy Spirit, right here, I want you to reveal doors to people. Show them decisions, unshakable decisions that they need to make that will draw them closer to you. Some of you have got to make some big decisions. When do you start a family? When do you have kids? Some of you have got to make a big decision at work. You know it. Some of you have got to make a big decision in your marriage. You know it. Some of you have got to make a big decision with your faith. You know it. Today's the day to have the courage to walk through that door to see the promises that God has. Still praying this morning with eyes closed, heads bowed. The greatest door. The greatest door. The greatest door anyone can walk through is into a relationship with Jesus Christ. But that means leaving your old life behind and surrendering to Him. And for some of you, that's why you're here.